Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 155 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. First things first, Angelo, we edge ever so slowly and closely to a brand new year. 2021, do you think 2021 will actually happen or will we be dealing with 2020 part two? Uh, I think the first few months of 2021 will be 2020 part two as we get over uh, the hump of this pandemic. But let's be hopeful. I don't believe in that concept. Do not believe in the concept. No. No, not in the least. I don't think there'll be many in-person things still in 2021. I don't think there'll be a WWDC for us to look forward to. There I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say like a WWF event, but they're no, doing those anyways, right? No. So Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. He's he's in the same uh, he's in the same area as like Dana White. Those uh, fight promoters, they don't care. Let's just no. get them to fight. They're fighting anyway. Who cares if they have a virus? Yeah, the virus can hold you down if you are you know uh, cutting weight properly. Yeah, exactly. Though it has been proven that uh, vitamin D does help, right? So anyone out there, uh, you know, just take some vitamin D. Yeah, go have a fight in the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, did we talk about perineum, perineum, uh, uh, like uh, tanning? Is that like is year? that the place I'm thinking of the place is? Yes, yeah, it's it's butthole tanning. Why would anybody do that? Uh, it was a it was a fad at the beginning of this year, and uh, when I thought things could get any worse. Well, okay, that that's very 2020 then. I know, I know. As is the monolith, which is probably some piece of uh, marketing, right? Yeah, or multiple uh, monoliths. Who gives a shit about the monoliths at the end of the day? What do you think it is a marketing plan for? I have no idea. Some people are theorizing a cyberpunk 277, but I can't I can't see it. No, I think it's, uh, I don't know, uh, aluminum foil. You and I have been joking about how, how this is like um, the sequel to the Segway, which was like the It. Remember, like the It is coming all the time? That never really worked out, did it? No, no one cares about the Segway. No, it's sad. Do you, have you, are you planning on taking up any uh, like New Year's resolutions? Not really. I mean, I just kind of do what I want to do and try to be good, right? Well, I hope that's I, ju- I just do. You know what my motto is? What would Ted Lasso do? <laughs> well, I, I was hoping you adopt a new motto, which is don't spend money on stupid products. Um, and with that in mind, we're going to talk about our first item this week. It's uh, Apple recently announced their AirPods Max 549 USD for over the ear headphones. Angela, how do you feel about this? At first, I thought you were going to say our first item up for bid is <laughs> a brand new pair of uh, AirPods Max uh, shipping December 15th. Lots of people have received them already uh, in terms of reviews. It's, it was crazy. They, they sent them out like the day they announced them and a bunch of people had them. They're not really reviews yet. They've been showing on uh, the YouTubes and on the internets. It's uh, first impressions. And the first impressions are actually good. Everything except for the price, which everybody's well, finding. Like, if, you, if you get them for free, it's one thing. If you're, if you're paying a, a, at least 549 USD, uh, do you really, you know, care for the product as much um, if there's a price attached to it? It's very expensive. But when you look at audiophile type stuff, which I don't think this is audiophile type thing, but is that the market Apple's going for, though? They don't care about uh, wireless and things like that, right? Audiophiles want pure, unadulterated audio. No Analog. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. They, they, well, they don't like the whole uh, downloadable music thing, right? They want pure lossless audio even though it's isn't it like scientifically proven that you really can't tell the difference yeah multiple tests have been run with audiophiles self-proclaimed audiophiles right who uh who fail the test every single turn because after a certain byte trade no one can tell the difference do you think we have the audiophile society after us 
because we talk about them all the time and we sort of make fun of them. Do you want to subtweet them? Like maybe that's a goal we do for the holidays to just subtweet them. Do you remember this? I can't remember when we did this, but didn't we talk about somebody reviewing a really expensive MP3 player and then on top of having a really MP, uh, expensive MP3 player, also using like $5,000 headphones with it? <laughs> yeah, this was about a year and a half ago, I think. So, I mean, AirPods Max, Max bargain right there. If you're <laughs> Here's what I don't understand. Like, they own Beats. Who cares? I mean, I guess the branding, et cetera, and like the aesthetic of it, but is an aesthetic change really worth $549 USD? Well, I was listening to somebody talk about this, and this AirPods Max thing kind of shows that the Beats team and the Apple audio team are totally separate. They have totally separate ways of working, very separate ways of looking at audio. The AirPods Max are less bass-heavy, I guess, than the uh, Beats line of things, right? Beats is very uh, into the niche of nice, heavy bass, which is, uh, that's also something scientifically proven. Humans love bass. It's true. I'm very attracted to that. I am constantly um, dancing to like uh, uh, the techno hits of today in my home. When I worked in a music department, I'd get cars that had like really heavy sound systems. Let's name some brands. Honda Civic. Honda Civic. Irox Z22. <laughs> yeah, but coming back to your experience at, at Future Shop. Yeah, they would. Yeah, it's Future Shop. Uh, no longer available. Uh, to anyone future shop oh, it was bought out the by strange Best Buy. thing though is i got a weird notice so when i ordered my switch from best buy i did that online and it, it, i was notified that a future shop store was shipping it like it had a number in there oh i guess they still they kept the old store numbers when yeah they, i guess there's some legacy yeah well it is the same company so i had people asking me all the time if i sold base testers <laughs> like a cd of base i'm like no, yeah yeah this is future shop we have like a a tiny little music department just Pick what's here. You realize you could have like a bootleg, like the THX sound. This was like late nineties. So it was not as easy to bootleg things. No, but if you, if you bought like, a, you know, it's, it's an investment, right? So if you bought the CDR, I guess I still used to buy uh $70 bootlegs at uh hook on stuck in downtown yeah. Montreal. And now it's available on YouTube for free. And yeah. sometimes like even semi-legally now. Well, Apple music has a lot of live tracks and they actually sound really good surprisingly so so you are passing on the airpods max like a reasonable person would right i have look i thought i'm i'm using my uh, audio technica headphones now that i thought were expensive at 150 bucks okay money bags yeah well i thought they i thought i'm like wow those are really expensive headphones and then i then i read the article about the five thousand dollar headphones right so the, the in terms of headphones, 550 is like really not that expensive when once you start getting into the high-end things and Everybody has said the way they're made and look are very high-end feeling. They're not cheaply made. Yeah, but is it it worth it, though? No, but people would look at us with our AirPods Pro and say, oh, is it worth it to pay that much for earbuds? I could buy the same thing on Amazon for $30 from uh, uh, some weirdly named company in China that has spelling mistakes throughout all their uh, copywriting. And oddly enough, fulfilled by Amazon. Yes, did you read that article that Amazon is planning on cracking down on on these like uh, uh, counterfeiters and bootleggers? That's the article that comes out every month. Yeah, I know. So that that, that was kind of my point is that like the perpetual battle against these things is a, is a losing one on Amazon's end. Uh, not really a surprise, though, unfortunately. It's it's become uh, uh, creepy pasta. Of uh... speaking speaking of Amazon, let's move over from one uh, accessory uh, to a wearable, which is the <laughs> Amazon Halo Band. 
this halo band seems <laughs> really, really creepy and judgy. Yeah. Yeah, so the Washington Post uh, uh, recently had two people uh, review the Amazon Halo Band. Uh, you know, uh, obsessively like a fitness tracker, but also like will listen to your tone of voice and tell you when you are not doing well. And look, they called it judgy and not that great. And they're owned by the same person that owns owns Amazon. Yes, uh, I mean, that's the, the, what is it? The Chinese firewall, right? That's how it works. Well, they, 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 they said it at the beginning of the interview that even though Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post and Amazon, we're judging this independently. And they didn't like it because it's super creepy. It's pretty creepy. So yeah, it's a, it is a wearable. It's not a watch. It literally is a band that you put on. It um, is a fabric band that uh, is very, very nondescript. Uh, someone might confuse it for like a Kabbalah bracelet or something. Yeah. Or one of those uh, ion bracelets. Remember those? Oh, right. Yeah. The, they're supposed to like, what is it like leech off the, the, the bad metals in your body? Remember the commercials for those? Was it Dr. Dr. Jack? Was that it? Dr. Who? I don't know that it was the one of those bracelets and there was like a, a marathon runner that wore it and it helped them win the marathon. Ah, yes. The Dr. Ion negative ion technology wristband. Yeah. Those don't work. They're fake. I'm very confused. Uh, so basically, if you visit the Dr. Ion website under Dr. Ion, uh, there's a, a, a link to the Dr. Ion trademark. Is it owned by Amazon? No, no. It's owned by Dr. Ion, I assume, unless there's like this is a, um, you know, a shell company or something. But uh, it's very confusing to just click around and see, oh, you own. OK, well, I don't understand why you put in a, like the, uh, the trademark information. OK, good luck with that. They want you to know. Anyway, back to the Halo Band. It is really just a wearable. It's not a watch or anything. It counts your steps. It checks your heart rate, I think, as well. Right, Brian? Yes. Uh, though they were doing some tests and apparently like um, it is, since you can't tell it that you're about to work out much in the same way that you can with your Apple Watch, uh, the BPM will, will jump up automatically, uh, randomly and uh, get confused. And do you trust Amazon to be listening to you all the time? I don't trust. I mean, like I trust none of these companies, but they're doing it anyways. Well, I mean, if you have an Echo in your house, Amazon's listening, but technically it's not supposed to be listening for anything but, uh, hey, Alexa, or whatever you say to it. Yeah, but we, come on, the fact, the mere fact that the NSA exists uh, contradicts that whole line of thought, right? Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I, I don't mind having the HomePods in my house. I'm, I, I don't I'm, mind having Apple listen to me, is what you're saying. No, because they love me. They, <laughs> right, they have my consumer. privacy at heart. Yes, of course. It'd be of course awful they do, yeah. if one day we come out and we realize that Apple's actually the worst of these companies. Right now, both of us, we agree that in terms of security and privacy, they're pretty much the best. Up there with Microsoft, which you know we always say a few years ago, we never thought Microsoft would be up there. Yeah, but they've they they've had a real like a uh, uh, like redemption arc. Microsoft, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. They 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 actually do a really good job now. Once they realized, uh oh, maybe we shouldn't really be pushing. Uh, Windows too much. Uh, Just leave it there. People buy it anyway. Let's uh, concentrate on making anything really good. Also, I've had a lot of people um, with surfaces comment over the last year how much they enjoy their tablet. Their Microsoft tablet? Is that a thing? Yes. Oh, surfaces. I heard services. I'm like, oh. Oh. Yeah. No, the Microsoft Surface. Yes. Double density. So, Brian, what were we talking about? The Halo Band? Yes. And and we ended up at Microsoft, which makes Halo, but not the Halo Band. Correct. Yes, uh, because everything is relative here. No, the Halo Band is something that I uh, really would uh, not want in my home or on me or on my body or my loved one's bodies. I don't need uh, robot judgment. And the uh, the one of the reviewers, she said uh, she feels like it's uh, some sort of male telling her to smile more, and she does not like that. 
Yeah, I could definitely understand how that feels. I totally get that. No, I judgy, little wearable, no thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll stick to my Apple Watch that tells me to, to keep going during the day. I can do this and finish my right. workouts. You prefer, you prefer like a positive reinforcement. Negative reinforcement is, is not a thing that works for you. And anytime I read something from Apple, I read it in the voice of Tim Cook because he has such a nice Southern drawl. Yeah, Tim, Apple does have a nice drawl compared to a robot uh, telling you that uh, you're frustrated. Like, well, you, you don't like, need uh, to be told that. You're, you're referring to Mark Zuckerberg? <laughs> yes, exactly. Mark Zuckerberg the, uh, the, uh, in the Amazon Halo band somehow. Sorry, poor Mark Zuckerberg. Everybody makes fun of him. His company is the, the most private, most secure. I trust him com- implicitly. We should definitely just have, uh, uh, we should just skip podcasting and just have live Facebook chats. I always love seeing people comment on the world's privacy and not wanting to get certain things done, like getting tested for COVID or anything like that because of uh, the privacy concerns. And they've posted it on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. What a uh, hellhole we live in, eh? Planet Earth. Uh, but that's something we're going to talk about on the paranormal side of things. But before uh, that, one last thing. In my quest to become a capital G gamer, Angela, I told you last week, um, uh, that I'm very disappointed because I've been using Steam on my Mac to play games. And uh, Steam has an outdated uh, KPI, which is a kernel programming interface and not a key performance indicator, which is a uh, business jargon, um, for Mac for its controller device uh, driver. And so I am now forced to play games like Alien Isolation uh, uh, with my mouse and keyboard on Big Sur. Is that fun? Do you feel like you're in the 90s? Playing, a, I do. Uh, yeah, I do feel like I'm. I'm playing like a what was it like a Wolfenstein Next Generation or whatever, like the one after Wolfenstein 3D, like the fully rendered one. But on PC, don't people like playing with a keyboard and mouse instead of a controller? Yeah, but I feel like this could work really, really well on a controller. Like the games I'm playing, like Stardew Valley, could really benefit from a controller. Yes, I played Stardew Valley on the Nintendo Switch, and the Nintendo Switch, did you know this, has a controller? Are you serious? Yeah. I need several to, types I just, of controllers. I just got a screen with my Switch. Oh, one of the controllers, you can break it in half and have two controllers. <laughs> what, what, a, what a time to be alive. But yeah, in my quest to become a gamer, I'm like a, I feel like I'm a second tier gamer now. I'm really sorry to hear that, Brian. Uh, you know what? Return the Mac and get a PC. Isn't there a song called Return of the Mac? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Mark Morrison. It is my number fifth most played song on my Spotify uh, year end because I have the, uh, I, we, I mentioned this over on my sister podcast, Dakota in my, in our year end wrap up. But uh, yeah, my top artist of the year was Calvin Harris because I have a work playlist of mindless pop music that I put on uh, when I work because I work with words. So I can't really listen to podcasts or super intricate rhymes or, you know, if I'm actually wanting to pay attention to the lyrics of a song, I don't put them on at work. Listen to instrumental music. That's what I do. Yeah. Film scores and things like that. Or I put on po- uh, mindless pop music that has like a pretty well-defined structure that I, can know and enjoy, including uh, the Mark Morrison classic, uh, Return of the Mac. Uh, before we go into the paranormal segment, though, I want to say uh, Taylor Swift, new album, like out of nowhere. Yes. On, and uh, did you enjoy it? Are you playing around the kids, even though she swears a lot? Well, uh, so my daughter went to download it and it's like, Daddy, there's, e, there's an E here. I can't download this. And then we found the non-explicit version. So she downloaded that. How old is she? 11. Wow. You're a reason a true narc. So, hey, good for her. My Are you not exposing her to, to swear words and things like that? Oh, she hears enough at school, probably. But the whole thing is that like, if, the, if, if Taylor Swift is creating art, don't you want your daughter to hear pure art and not edited art? I don't think she would release it if she didn't feel that either version was fine. Yeah, but you forgot about the, the main factor here, Angela, which is uh, the concept of capitalism. Uh, whatever. I pay for this. So, hey, it's on <laughs> Apple Music. 
And anyway, great, great album. I liked it. Uh, if you like folklore, you'll like Evermore. I like how that was a rhyme. It almost sounded like a, uh, a, a commercial, like a TV commercial. Taylor Swift is paying us for this. She's actually going to be a guest on the podcast coming up. This is SpawnCon, yeah. We forgot to put that in the notes, but uh, Taylor Swift SpawnCon. Uh, Taylor Swift three-hour interview drops uh, Boxing Day uh, 2020 here on Double NC. Uh, parody, parody, parody. And with that, Angelo, and with that hefty disclaimer, let's head on over to the paranormal side of things. Great. Double Density presents the sounds of your youth. Double Density. Welcome back to Double Density. Now, as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So uh, our main topic this week is uh, something that's been buzzing around uh, the uh, UFO Twitter sphere, and that is... um, uh, the claims of an ex-Israeli uh, uh, military official um, about UFOs. So Haim Shed, a three-time recipient of the Israeli Security Award and a current professor, uh, told an Israeli newspaper that uh, aliens have been in talks exclusively with Israel and the United States for many years, which is very confusing to me as to why you'd pick those uh, two. But basically the idea is that there is an intergalactic space federation that's preventing uh, the Israelis and uh, people from the States uh, to announce the fact that aliens are here. This article read to me like a parody almost. I didn't think it was real when I was reading the whole thing because it's, if true, it's really crazy if it's true. Uh, yeah, and you said you said there's um, the US and Israel, but there he later says there's a group of partners, Americans, Russian, Japanese, British, Chinese. So, so I guess the aliens are in contact with these, these two nations and then there's a group that's kind of like kept in the loop. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see Canada in there, but I guess nobody cares about us. No, I yeah. mean, like, uh, w- there's a direct line between us and the British, right? So I, I expect that we we know something about that. And apparently, like, Donald Trump, is, uh, um, he's aware of this agreement. Um, That's dangerous. And he almost revealed it. Apparently. But, all, but ultimately didn't decide to because the, insi- the aliens insisted that humanity isn't ready. Are you kidding me? If he would have used this during the elections, that would have been incredible. Uh, yeah, tremendous, <laughs> as he would say. <laughs> Um, so we'll link in the show notes to the Vice article that uh, uh, did a lot of this digging around. So um, I'm going to read directly from the article here. Some other fantastical and unsubstantiated claims that Shed makes in the interview. Aliens prevented the Soviet Union from striking back against the U.S. with a nuclear weapon after the Bay of Pigs. In fact, aliens track all nuclear activity and prevent nuclear wars from erupting on Earth. Well, that's good to know. Well, we've, been, we've talked about this in the past, right? Robert Hastings has come up, has brought it up many times that... Uh, the whole UFOs and nukes thing that they do track the bases that have nuclear weapons. And a lot of times those bases seem to be visited by UFOs. I Yeah, there's, there's I, even the, the notion that uh, um, uh, aliens were able to arm nukes, right? Yes, and then disarm them. I'm wondering, what's the point of this guy coming out and saying this? Is he just having fun? He's like, ah, let's be all 2020. I guess so. Like, I just, I don't even know. Is he unwell? <laughs> right? I mean, like, like what, maybe what you want attention? This? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Does attention? he have a book coming out, maybe? Right, that's it. Right? Like, I don't know. It's just really odd. He's, he, you know, he, he's received the Israeli security award. Is that a thing? Is that real? That like, is real. So... I mean, it's this, this is kind of weird, though, if you really think about it, because, like, um, for example, like, let's take Canada, like, Paul Hellier, right? He was a minister of national defense for, for in the mid sixties. Right. And he later came out and was like, yeah, aliens definitely exist. Isn't he the, isn't he the one running the whole vaccine thing in Ontario? Is that a different hellier? <laughs> that's a, that's a different hellier. I do. Believe. Oh, too bad. 
because this was when he was born in 1923. So, oh, really? Okay. I yeah, he's yeah, he's 97 years old. I just looked it up. Oh, and he's still alive. Good for him. Yeah, um, UFOs are keeping it. Obviously, the aliens are keeping him alive for all this, right? Maybe. But I mean, like, it's it's kind of interesting how these like former defense people are like, yes, aliens exist. Yes, uh, you know, they're um, looking out for us. Donald you know, Trump would not gods. be able to keep this under his hat or toupee or whatever. No. Something else it should uh, mention is that uh, aliens have underground an underground base on Mars with houses uh, for both uh, ETs and uh, human astronauts. So Elon Musk, good news to you. And isn't Obama on Mars? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, if you want to go down the rabbit hole, sure. Okay, so Brian, on your scale of believability, where is this? Like a, like a two, two on four. One is totally believable, or yeah, four is I, totally believable. I think which way we were doing it. I can't I think remember. Four is to, I think four is total uh, believability, so I'm going to give it a two. Okay, so yeah, and my my concern is this could be real because the source is actually not some crazy Yahoo. Yeah, I mean, like, is this part of a larger um, dissemination plan that? Uh, you know, the, and I hate to bring this up, but it's, it's something that we talk about a lot here when it concerns politics and UFOs. But the Brookings Report of the 60s explained, you know, that uh, you would need to feed information very slowly to the masses in order for them to accept the existence of extraterrestrial life without everyone freaking the F out. I mean, maybe. I, look, this guy is, he's not young either, right? He's 87 years old. I just looked him up. So maybe at this point, he's like getting things off his chest and that's why it's real. Maybe. Also, uh, something that he... Uh, explains to the interview is that the governments agree to some kind of publishing embargo of their existence in exchange for a variety of advanced technologies like anti-gravity, which Isha claims that we currently possess. I would love to use some anti-gravity here uh, in order to create a, a very light, uh, you know, flying vehicle. It seems like, you know, a source that's a good source. But again, people have ways of just because you're an academic or a doctor or something doesn't mean you're always right. For example, our friend, uh, Dr. Stephen Greer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say RIP Stan Freeman, right? Uh, you yeah, know, but to, Stan Freeman more... never made really insane claims like this. Though. No, that's true. That's I true. felt Stan Freeman was self-aware. He, he did uh, believe in a few things that are questionable, but he never really set off like the... Um, completely off his rocker detector for me <laughs> no yeah no he was he is more based in reality i mean like did he believe some dubious things sure absolutely um was he out here uh shilling an app uh you know and uh, a weekend trips out into the desert no no i i just i'm reading this there's nothing saying that this guy is trying to promote something else though that's the thing that gets me what is his reasoning for actually saying this well, okay, so like the, the let's take the the classic tinfoil hat perspective and say like this is part of a of a, a dissemination, uh, uh, you know, uh, information uh, project um, that's slowly leaking the idea of these things into the uh, public consciousness. Like after the the twenty seventeen uh, Tic Tac, um, you know, news made waves. The Leslie Keen article. Um, now we're here three years later. You know, uh, you got to keep that drip coming if you really want people to start believing. A slow disclosure. Yeah, yeah, the, the slowest disclosure on earth. Angelo, I, I grabbed my digital shovel and I did some digging. And I what I came up with is that uh, this is not the first time that uh, an intergalactic or, or um, you know, um, uh, galactic uh, federation was, was talked about. And I don't mean, and I know um, there are some cranks in the 90s uh, that claim to have been 
uh, a part of this federation and claim that there are like 46,000 different uh, races and uh, some were even calling into Coast to Coast AM about this. But it turns out that uh, uh, in the early uh, years of this millennium, the CIA dumped a bunch of of documents out there that really didn't have to do uh, with much of anything. And there are over 90,000 documents, including... <laughs> A remote viewing uh, session, a data uh, uh, project sheet about uh, a remote viewer uh, attached to the CIA uh, viewing the Galactic Federation headquarters. Now, the interviewer is your friend and mine, Dr. Doom himself, Ed Dames. Oh. Huh. So Ed Dames reports that he uh, uh, had um, someone indicated uh, on here, uh, the room of your MR, so apparently it's Mel O'Reilly, view where it is that this Federation is like hanging out and doing things. And the way that it's like described in this document, we'll link to the PDF. And it's actually funny because it's hosted on the CIA website. Um, uh, The way that it's all written out uh, makes it sound like um, uh, the setting stage of like Avengers uh, Endgame or something. (laughs) I would say the penmanship was amazing. I do agree that the penmanship, I was like, did someone rewrite this? I don't think so. No. And it looked like to me, I thought it was a font, but no, then we look closely. You can tell it's, it's written, but wonderful penmanship. Whoever wrote this. I agree. And yeah, there's a bunch of like, um, uh, drawings, uh, that are included with, uh, what people have seen. They're apparently like robed intergalactic figures, uh, you know, Ro- hanging yeah, milling about, uh, One there's moves, a, you see the, the, the dotted lines indicating that it moves from one place. On. It looks like a, it looks like a description for a magic trick. Actually. The best thing ever is if you go to the hold on Angelo, so, uh, uh, so the first piece of actual drawings where it says very high, very rugged peaks. Yes. Yeah. Do you see it? Okay. So there's a flat surface. Uh, you know, this could be the, the play setting of a, a Shakespeare play too. True. A flat with the, open, with the Greek empty, course. Grassy so then feeling. The, the page after that, there's a Wolfenstein 3D ass looking, uh, drawing. Yeah. Incline. And you can like, this is where you shoot the Nazis. Yeah. It's like one of those like, um, Genesis, uh, dungeon crawlers. Oh yeah, yeah. But my yeah, yeah. favorite thing, though, is on the next page, Angelo. In a large vaulted room, there's a, a a figure sitting down, and then on the bottom right on this page, it says "familiar place" with two exclamation points. Yeah, and it's something streaming down, like yeah. Light there's a vaulted or, ceiling. Yeah. People, Anyways, uh, you, uh, you should follow along. We're gonna have a link in the show notes. Follow yeah. along as as Brian takes us down this path. And then there's on the next page, it looks like there's like a bunker with a bunch of arrows. And then, of course, there's the description. So this is uh, this happened in the 80s. Right. So Ed Dames was conducting these um, sessions in the, in the 80s. Right. As is this Ed the, Dames's writing? Is Did he have such? I don't know. I would. That'd be amazing. I don't he, think like so. really go look at this document. Pull the car over if you're driving. <laughs> yeah. And check for UFOs. Yeah. And I put the show notes in the uh, in the links there. You'll see them there. Uh, if you're on Overcast, just scroll over to the right. Swipe left towards the right. Is that right? Yeah. Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Yeah, and then you'll see, and uh, scroll down and look, you'll see amazing penmanship. Yeah, in the session summary, uh, so this uh, took place on January 13th, 1988. So this has been going on for like, you know, 30 years at this point. Uh, The idea of a galactic or intergalactic federation, we're fine with this. It's fine. And then my favorite is uh, uh, the last summary. It says not very, and I don't know what the rest of the word is, or not verifiable, I guess. Yeah, it says not verifiable. Okay, yeah. So there we go. verify that. We cannot verify the fact that there's an intergalactic uh, um, federation headquarters out there, or galactic federation headquarters. RV uh, I mean, summary. The, the, okay. This notion has existed, you know, um, uh, 
not in science fiction, but like through a more, uh, I don't want to use the word grounded, but like through a more uh, officious lens, right? Since the eighties, I'm, I'm not trying to call remote viewing like an official kind of way, but the idea that like there is bureaucracy entangled in the idea of a galactic federation is, is here. Well, I, I, I discuss remote viewing with my children and I call it using your imagination. And are they really good at that? Yeah. You should get them to RV something. Use their imagination to make something fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I also love the idea that like um, we're not being allowed into the Federation just yet. No, there's only a few countries that have the notion that it even exists. And one of them is led by somebody who's refusing to leave the, the, the office he holds right now. Yo, don't talk about Putin. I wonder like if the don't aliens... Don't talk about Putin like that. About who? Putin. Oh, not him. Well, he also refuses to leave, right? I guess, so. yeah. But I, I think that they may intervene if he, if he chooses not to leave. You think the aliens will, will come down and say, hey, listen, we're allowing you to join our council, but you need to get rid of Donnie? Yeah, look, we, we watched the voting. We saw. Uh, and we understand the crazy drunk lady said that she saw all kinds of stuff. But uh, no, there's nothing, there's nothing improper done. It's not verifiable like this remote viewing thing. Exactly, yeah. Uh, what a time to be alive. But I, I do, and we've talked about this, like we've, we've discussed how like Earth is basically like the trailer park of the universe um, if we're to be judged globally. Are we the Florida of the universe? <laughs> At this point, for sure. And uh, uh, every single person on Earth is Florida man. Oh man, an Earth man. Earth man is definitely like a, a, a slur, uh, you know, in the universe. In galactic Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mm, I always find it interesting when bureaucracy and and uh UFOs UAPs mix, right? I always find it interesting that there's like a paper trails. So I always find it interesting that there are document dumps. I always find it interesting that uh people decide to randomly mention that there are, you know, uh <sighs> galactic federations out there. Well, the, the Vice article talks about how other governments like Japan are looking into UAPs. I mean, there's nothing better to do in 2020. No, for sure. I mean, like, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, uh, a lot of other things are have grown a halt. So let's just, you know, stare into the skies and hope for the best. You know, but uh, if we are using some of this uh, uh, technology that the uh, the saucer people have given us, uh, isn't it quite hard to then track it? Well, again, uh, they gave us the iPhone, and that's why you can't take pictures of these saucers. That's what I'm saying. And I've, I've said reverse engineering from Roswell all the way through microwave technology, man. And they talked about this here, right? That we have something like anti-grav that they've given us. Why haven't we used it yet? Exactly. Like I'm waiting for, as I said before, I'm waiting to build my flying contraption using the anti-gravity technology that the saucer people have promised me as uh, as Earthman. So what do you think is uh, this professor's reason for talking about this now? Okay, so it is really, really hard to disprove this stuff, right? Because by disproving it, you actually give it light, right? So the idea that you got to get out there and have officials from all these different governments refute the story is a story into itself, right? That's true. You're actually getting them to talk about it. Yeah. So I feel like in this case, it's just, I don't want to judge uh, the kind of person that, uh, you know, Professor Yishid is, but I do maybe uh, think that some people like having their name in the news. Maybe because I looked him up on, on Google and there's not much about him other than just in the past few days because of this. Did you check his MySpace? Did you check his ICQ? Is he on Parlor? I need to Friendster? know. Is, is he on Gab? He's really. Is uh, he doing? Is he doing document dumps on four HN? I'd be curious to see what kind of computer he uses. I, I, I'm saying he uses like a 1984 Mac. 
Uh, no, I was going to say like a really cheap like Chromebook. Oh, uh, maybe. Like he doesn't really care about security, even though no. he is uh, ex-security. I mean, the aliens could just get it whenever they want. Or do you feel like maybe this is more of uh, the classic line of like disinformation through ridicule? I'm almost wondering, is he made up? Because I, I haven't found him anywhere except for this article, like except for this discussing this. So you were thinking that perhaps like somebody like his, his Wikipedia page came to life five days ago. Interesting. But Interesting. I'm sure I'm sure that's wrong. Like I'm sure Sh- I'm sure he existed before. So should we ask Ed Dames to remove you, um, Hamish Shadow? Yeah. No, I mean, look, there's a picture of him uh, in 2008. So no, no, he's a, he's a real person. It's just, I find it really, really hard to believe. In the Wikipedia uh, entry, at the end, it says, according to Isaac Ben Israel, current chairman of the is- Israel Space Agency. How convenient that his name is Israel and he's in charge of the Israel Space Agency. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he went too far, apparently, according to him. Yeah, he went too far. But his seriousness shouldn't be questioned and his standing as a leader in his field remains intact. Venezuela said it has become entirely acceptable over the last decade for serious scientists to believe in aliens as acknowledged uh, of, of space. That's a weird phrase as knowledge of space has increased. I don't know, Brian, I'm not quite sure what to think about when I read something like this, because the source, the person talking about it seems so infallible when it comes to this stuff. Uh, well-respected a lot of people are are, are uh, standing up for her, um, for Ishad in the um, in the Times of Israel article. Yeah, he's well respected. He seems better respected than in Dames, at least. Oh, and Stephen Greer. <laughs> and like, <sighs> where's Harry Reid in all this? He hasn't really talked too much about it, has he? I mean, he's he's come out and talked about the the UAP thing in general, right? Since twenty seventeen, you know. Um, I and, hate the, uh, I hate the term UAP. I know, which is why I'm using it. I also hate it. Are you you be okay if I use it though? Yeah, it's fine, Brian. You can use it. I'm so glad that we've come to an agreement here, Angelo. I think that this is a logical conclusion to the end of episode 155 of the Double Density Podcast. You can also, um, you know, find us on the internet if you'd like. I'm over on Twitter at uh, Brian Hasty, H-A-S-T-I-E. Angelo is Angelo Furin. You can find the show over at double underscore density. We are also on Instagram at uh, double density podcast. And uh, you can hit up doubledensity.net to see all the glorious pictures. Get the link to the uh, uh, PDF file that we were talking about earlier in this episode. Um, if your uh, podcast catcher, is that what they call it now? Podcast catchers uh, doesn't display show notes. Just use Overcast. Yes, I humbly agree that... Uh, it's only available Overcast for iPhone, so first get yourself an iPhone, and then use Overcast. Yes, Angela, any last words for the last episode of, of 2020? Are we not recording another episode? Because if we do release in two weeks, it will be, it will be December 30th. We could. I mean, it depends on, on your holiday schedule, because I'm not doing anything. I'm not allowed to do anything. Well, <laughs> I mean, like we've talked about not allowed and not supposed to. Well, no, but we're not allowed, and I'm not going to. Uh, if we record on the Saturday like we normally do, it would be on uh, the 26th of December, which is Boxing Day. And I'm sure, uh, like I, you will not be going to a crowded store to buy stuff uh, to get $10 off. Untrue. I have my envelopes filled with uh, small bills ready to go. Oh, you're ready to go? You're going to pay cash too? Are you going to lick your fingers as you take the cash <laughs> yes, out of exactly. your pocket? Uh, I, that's one of my many plans for, for Boxing Day. So how dare you uh, interfere with uh, my deep uh, desires? But yeah, we might record. Let's see. I feel like I want to say yes, but you never quite know what's going to happen. I just want one more episode where I don't have to hear Happy New Year. Okay, that's fair. So you just want that out of the way. And then 2021, boom, good to go. Exactly. 
Okay, so let's plan for that. Um, uh, yeah, let's let's do that. One more episode, you know, put one in the can. Episode right. 56. And if it doesn't come out, you'll know it's because uh, we had holiday uh, things uh, get in the way. Oh, no, let's claim that we were silenced. Oh, by the UAPs. Yeah, the, the, the saucer people silenced us. Yeah, universal audio silencers of podcasts. Yes, there we go. Bridging together the tech side and the paranormal side of things. Angelo, Perfect. this has been it for episode 155. Preemptive Merry Christmas to you. Um, though I'm sure we're going to talk to each other uh, uh, coming up to the holidays. Uh, we as will. We, we usually do. And, uh, you know, tune to next episode as Angelo and I figure out where to sit in the intergalactic cafeteria. I have to sit where there's the rays that come off the ceiling, right? The vaulted ceiling, yes. Yes, perfect. Goodbye, I'll sit friend. there. Happy Christmas. <laughs>